Oh my gosh, I'm adopting a puppy right now. But I realize what's at home. Oh no, I have nothing. Well, except unconditional love. But yeah, no crate, no pee-pee pads, no dental chews for his little puppy teeth. Before I doubt myself as a new parent, I just get Instacart to deliver everything from PetSmart. Easy, just like raising a puppy is going to be, right? Get Pet Essentials from PetSmart with Instacart. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Recorded live. What's going on, everybody? Today is the day, the first day of the Overflow Podcast. Welcome to the <laughs> Overflow Podcast. You already what? messed up the name. <laughs> what did I say? The Hustle and Overflow Podcast. Ah, oh, fuck me. <laughs> this is a great start. You brought well, a lot of energy. Yeah, you brought a lot of energy right out of the gate. It was just not the right name. We probably should have. We probably should have settled on a name like longer ago than two days ago. This is true, um, but this is how you know beautiful accidents are made. This is the way things happen. You know, it's the way of the world. Um, anyways, welcome to the Hustle and Overflow podcast, brand spanking new. Uh, my name is Weston. Uh, and my lovely host is Sonny Giuliano. What's up, What's up? What is up? I am pumped. No. I, I've done, I know, I've done, exciting. I've done a lot of podcasting in my day. Um, none of it all that successful, but I've also never had a co-host. I've always ran solo in the hosting business, so I'm really excited to have someone to ease a little bit of the burden. Once Absolutely. you get the whole... Once you get the whole name thing down, we're going to be in really good shape. <laughs> small, small goals, but baby steps. Well, you know, I'll get there. I'll become a potter, if that's what you call yourselves. A um, podcaster? Yeah, well, yeah, I like, yeah, either one. For sure, a podcaster. That works. Um, but yeah, this is exciting. We've been talking about this for a while. Um, and we're just, I'm, I'm super stoked to be doing it. and think we're going to have a lot of fun. Hope everybody that's listening that eventually listens, will have a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, we're here to get into some cool topics and kind of just, you know, shoot the shit in a way. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll bring in new topics every week, usually something relevant to what's going on in the sports or pop culture world. Um, this week, well, on this episode, we're actually going to be having two episodes this week, but... On our debut episode, we're going to be talking about Hardwood and Hollywood Goat Week um, and Weston making his writing debut, picking Purple Rain as the greatest album of all time, a decision that I support 100%. Yeah, you know, it uh, it was fun to write. It was definitely my first time writing anything published. Um, and I, I stand by my statement. I, I agree with what I say. Um you know, it was tough, and if you read the article, which I suggest you do, check out Harwood Hollywood. Um, you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough question. There are a lot of hard questions you have to answer in your life. Um, for me, the greatest of all time is definitely is definitely up there. Yeah, it it was tough too because we didn't narrow it down by genres or or really give it any kind of qualifications. It was just a very straightforward, what's the greatest album of all time? And 
you could kind of take that question and a lot of the other questions that we answered a number of different ways, but I thought you did a really good job of explaining how, um, in your opinion, if you're picking the goat, it, it's an album that has to have some kind of feel to it. And, yeah. you know, I, it's tough to quantify what a feel is, but Purple Rain definitely makes you feel something. And it's without question memorable. It's, it was a huge seller. Um, it, it was one of the top selling albums of the eighties and still in the history of music. And it's by who I consider to be the greatest musician of all time, Prince. So it, it was hard to pick apart your, your choice in any way. And with all due respect to some of my other hardwood and Hollywood co-writers, um, I, I was puzzled by a few of their choices. Um, but yeah. I, I think you hit the I think you hit the nail right on the head. And like I put on Facebook when I sent out the link to the to the post, it kind of this is one of the many reasons why we got along so well when we were roommates in college is that we had pretty similar taste in music. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's the the hard thing about it, and the thing that I really wanted to come across with. Uh, in the article was just that, you know, this is an impossible question. Um, you know, to to answer this question is, is obviously subjective. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can break these things down, and um, you know, it's it's completely up to the person. So um, I, I I stand by Prince. I stand by Purple Rain. Um, I mean, there's I don't I, I can't think of another movie associated with an album that's so you know, passionately followed, um, which, I mean, it's a cult classic in its own right. But, um, but yeah, no, I stand by it for sure. And, and definitely, I, and it's what's funny is that I really hadn't even, like, I've listened to a lot of old music growing up. Um, my parents listened to, like, kind of classic rock and, and a lot of country, to be honest. But um, growing up, I always tried to listen to, you know, as much different things as I can, um, a little rap, a little rock, a little country, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, and, um, I hadn't listened to, to Purple Rain, uh, really until since I had met you and, and your family who talked so much about it. And, um, like it took me a while. I just thought like, I really was on the whole, you know, Michael Jackson train only because that's kind of what I had been told. Um, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, I just took some time, sat down and listened to, the uh, you know a couple of the the bigger albums and Purple Rain is just it's classic. Well, one thing that you kind of touched on in your post that is a really good point. It had its own movie, and yeah, you know I don't know how much that has to do with with making a choice for greatest album of all time, but it definitely has something to do with it because I can't off the top of my head I can't really think of any other albums that I've listened to all the way through that would really warrant an entire movie revolved around the story that the album is telling. Yeah. And I guess you could yeah, look yeah, at it the other way. You could probably look at it the other way and say the, the movie was simply crafted from the album, but that that's just further proof of how good the album was. Yeah, and I, I really think that, you know, I don't think anybody... Watching it now, 
and I think we've talked about this before, but, you know, watching it now versus watching it in the actual 80s is probably a completely different experience. You know, just the way that, I guess, me watching it, I, I felt, you know, dialogue was weird or timing was weird or whatever, but um, that's just kind of how movies were back then, and um, it's it's kind of cool. It's a time capsule in itself, obviously, of, you know, the content and the music and all that, but, like, the way the film was even made is you can tell that it was, you know, made in the eighties. So um, and, I think, and I think really, really, if you don't go in with high expectations that like the acting is going to be great, what you're getting is an interesting story that isn't terribly acted. I mean, the acting's fine, but you're also getting half of a movie. That's basically a live Prince concert. Exactly. Yeah. And for, I mean, I, I think any, you know, music fan anybody that was really into music i mean for me prince is maybe number one of you know concerts i would see dead or alive if anybody dead or alive who would i want to see uh prince is is probably number one um so to get to see that in you know in his prime uh in the the costume and all that you know it was uh, it's cool it's just fun to watch now let me ask you this this is a a completely unplanned question, so I have no idea how quickly you'll be able to come up with an answer. Right. But can you think of any album recently that could even possibly be turned into a movie starring the the singer who put together the album? You know, there's one that jumps off the top of my head, and that's because he is is very visual, um, and, I, and I'm turning to rap just because. Um, I, I, I think I keep up a little bit more on rap than most other genres, but, um, Tyler, the creator would be, would make a very interesting movie, um, to one of his new albums, especially the one that, um, just came out flower boy, which is very, uh, like very telling and very, I don't know, like a confessional in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he would be super interesting to watch, um, you know, make his own movie, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's, I, I like thinking about that stuff all the time. I, I listen to music myself and just think, you know, wh- where this would go in a movie and, and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah. What about you? I guess I didn't think about the stories that some of the, I don't want to say Tyler, the creator is underground, but he's, he wouldn't have like total mainstream yeah. appeal. So I didn't even think about any of any artists like that. I guess I thought maybe Justin Timberlake, anything that he did, he might be able to pull off just because he has the acting chops to go with it. Yeah, and and lest we forget um, that it wasn't too long ago that Beyonce put out Lemonade, which was True. a com- completely visual, you know, uh, a visual album in a way. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think most of these pop singers could probably – put something together that's that's palpable um i guess to i gotta tell you i guess to eight mile would be kind of considered that yeah Yeah, for sure um but that's i i just looked it up and i really can't like i I just searched movies with albums or albums with movies um as in like you know connection and there's really not that many I, i can't really think of any off the top of my head outside of you know, an actual theatrical movie like 
like Purple Rain. Um, I guess, well, American Gangster had its own soundtrack, but I guess that's just a soundtrack, so it wouldn't necessarily count, but yeah, you know, um, I, I might I might be revealing myself in some way or revealing something about myself, but if you listen to Tove Lowe's Queen of the Clouds album, she put that together specifically for like a story of the progression of a relationship in, yeah. in terms of getting together, then like being madly in love and then the, the terrible breakup and recovery after the fact. Like, you could probably make a movie just out of, like, that album and have that album be the soundtrack yeah. for it. I mean, I don't know what kind of mass appeal Tovlo has aside from habits, but... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, somebody I would not want to see uh, a movie album for, um, as much as I think you know that I, I used to be I used to be a fan, and I'm going to reveal myself as well, um, Katy Perry. I got to tell you, if, if she came out with the movie, I think that would be probably the biggest nightmare. Did you see she did, um, she did like this, this live Katy Perry house where she stayed in the house, filmed at all times for 20, 24 or 48 hours, and it was just constant programming for 48 hours, and it was an absolute train wreck. Um, so it was, I, it was just like the Big Brother live feeds? It was Big Brother live feeds, and then they brought like um, – who is that guy? The the chef, the Iron Chef guy that cusses at everyone, um, Ramsey, Gordon Ramsey, brought him in to do like a a cooking special. Um, brought in like there's a guy on Vice that does uh, like therapy with celebrities, and uh, you know Katy Perry just really opened her heart and um, she let it all out there and uh, yeah, it was interesting. I don't know that many people could do that. I don't know that many people should do that. Um, yeah, I think that one's, it was, it kind of felt like a, a grab to me. Like she was just kind of, I don't know, ran out of yeah. ideas, but yeah. A Katy Perry telethon. That's, I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't expect to come across that on TV. Yeah. We just need Drake to do one or, uh, I want to see DMX 24 hour live. Feed. <laughs> that would be insane. Um, but yeah, so at the base of it here, from what it sounds like we just discussed, Prince knocked it out of the park. Um, yeah. that obviously for the album, for the movie. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I think, I think it'll be a long time before we have another one that's, that's as highly regarded. Have we ever talked about eight mile? Do you, do you like eight mile? Yeah, I like eight mile. I, I, you know, Obviously, birthed lose yourself in, in a lot of things, and um, I really like Brittany Murphy in that movie. Um, yeah, you know it was cool seeing you know actual story because Eminem going down is for anybody that and, uh, <laughs> he goes down top five easy, um, maybe even top three like lyrical rappers of all time. Um, so to see his his story like in you know, before your eyes is really neat because you don't you don't usually get it and you don't usually get it that well produced either. So I enjoy so, it. Okay, so you say Eminem you say Eminem is a top three lyrical rapper. We didn't cover this one at Hardwood in Hollywood. 
who would be your greatest rapper? You're the, the rap expert in in this relationship, <laughs> in this podcast yeah. partnership. Humble, humble rap professional. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's super tough. Um the And, and even and even lyrical has so many caveats to it because it's like, is it storytelling? Is it wordplay? Is it flow? Like you know, so many things that 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 people could focus on. Um, but like, number one, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a huge fan, and I I think he's somebody that doesn't get really talked about enough. He, he's definitely always in the mix, but but Nas is really the best. Like Nas, and he he got kind of trashed on a couple months ago, I think, about having like picking bad beats. And you know, I haven't certainly listened to all of his discography. I have listened to probably like four albums or so, but um, it just sounds like music from the '90s. Like it just sounds, you know, like classic rap. But the guy tells a story, and I mean, he told. He, he told a story from the perspective of a gun like no one has ever heard. Um, I can't remember the song, but yeah, Nas is up there is, is number one. Eminem is probably number two in my book. And I, I, I really want to say Kendrick at three as far as like lyrical goes. But yeah, they're, it's, it's a tight race. Um, I, I kind of, I guess, just the new you know, way of rap isn't. Really regarded it, highly. It's funny because a few years back when we were when we were having our powwows in college and just hanging out in my room and drinking Yingling all night, we we so frequently tried to compare NBA players to rappers throughout like the entire history of rap and basketball. <laughs> and kind of what I realized is there isn't a consensus list with rap like there is with basketball. Yeah. And, 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 like, we tried so hard to figure out those comparisons, and to some degree I think we did really well, but in other ways I don't think it was ever going to be exact, maybe just because there's no universally agreed-upon greatest of all time in rapping like there is in basketball. And that was kind of our where we always struggled the most is figuring out who MJ was. Yeah. And, and with that, like you can only get maybe two or three degrees and then it just throws everything else out of whack. And we also, we also made it way more complicated than we needed to, because we tried to go, we tried to set up like even timelines for both of them. And it doesn't necessarily work like that because the the career and the peaks of a basketball player are way different than than that of a rapper. Yeah, and just yeah. Basketball I mean both are quantifiable in a way in that there are numbers for record sales and ticket sales and, you know, obviously for basketball, but basketball is just way more uh yeah, it's just more number based. I mean, it's it whole the game is numbers. So, um, just, and I think uh, even I think even like the eye test for basketball is probably a little more exact than the ear test for rap. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, agreed. Because every, I mean, there's there's no denying when a player is a you know is a good player. It's like you either think that you know a song, you either like a song or you don't. You can't deny the the quality of a player if it's in the numbers. You know, right? Like some like someone could listen to Eminem and, and maybe just catch the wrong song or the wrong album and think okay, this guy isn't yeah. that great. I don't see what the hype is. But if you if you watch LeBron James play basketball, it's kind of undeniable that he's one of the greatest to ever do it. And he yeah, was my man. pick for he was my pick for GOAT basketball player. I should have set him over Jordan when I was doing that whole big spiel because I did <laughs> right I did I did write about LeBron as the GOAT and it just so happens that most people don't agree with me. Imagine that was pretty tough for you, right? Because you're a big Michael Jordan supporter. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not not that I'm, it's not that I'm not a Jordan supporter. I don't want it to come across like that. It, it's more so I think that that what his legacy has become has been has had more to do with the time he came into the league and and what he has created as a brand, which which in part in large part is due to how great he was on the floor. But yeah. there there's an entire generation of kids who never saw Michael Jordan play who will tell you that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player simply because he, he's probably more recognizable than all but maybe five current players in the league. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with it. I mean, I don't want it to come off like I'm I'm knocking MJ or saying that he's overrated in some way. I mean, I, I guess in some way I do feel he's overrated. I, I guess I feel his legacy has overrated how great of a – how ahead of everyone else he is. But there's no way to – it's basically impossible to knock how talented of a basketball player he was and how successful he was. Yeah, but, it's – yeah, there's, there's so many factors. It's just, you know, who he played against and, you know, technology and training and science. And it's, it's, it's a different game, 100%. Um, and this is certainly not – you know, basketball isn't my, you know, I guess you would be the the, uh, the professional basketball guy here, but, um, but yeah, it's, I feel like it is a different game uh, to a degree. But I don't know; it's it's really hard to say. It, it it would be, I think, half the world's dream to see LeBron James and Michael Jordan magically both in their prime play a one on one. If if you thought that Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor was, you know, the biggest spectacle on earth. Uh, I, I think everyone on the planet would be glued to their TV to see <laughs> this imaginary one-on-one. Well, they could do it like the, the fight of the century thing with Ali and Marciano that they did in the eighties. But it, it, the thing is though, with the one-on-one stuff like that, I don't necessarily think that LeBron would lose, but you're kind of, if you were to base solely your opinion of who the best basketball player 
ever is on who would win a hypothetical one-on-one game between those two. You're kind of eliminating the biggest area where LeBron has an undeniable edge over Jordan and that's impact on four other teammates on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I don't know. Stylistically, the game has changed a great deal. Um, Defensively, there are certain things now that you could do that you couldn't back then. Um, Just zone defenses. You could load up sides of the floor now to cut off driving lanes and you couldn't do that in Jordan's era, but uh, an edge that Jordan would have over LeBron is hand checking. Defenders were allowed to hand check ball ball handlers in the nineties and that's not something that that LeBron or any player today has to deal with. So there are certain advantages and disadvantages, but you know, it it's interesting. It it kind of for to really make a pick it, it forces you to to look at a lot of different things and that that's my main problem i i feel like people who have a really really strong opinion that michael jordan is the greatest basketball player ever rarely have much besides Willie six and oh in the finals yeah and that's kind of where that that's kind of where it ends for them. And the crazy thing about this is, is you know we're we're living when you know LeBron James is is still playing, and um, this this obviously uh, it it feels like it sparks up every year around the finals whenever people start talking about this. But we're going to be talking about this for a long time. This is going to be like, you know. Did we actually land on the moon? We will never really know. And we're still going to talk about it for, you know, till the cows come home. Yeah, and in large part, it's because today, I guess what people value is different. I mean, if if all we want to talk about is titles and we want to disregard era-specific advantages or disadvantages or just how well-rounded they were as a player or the st- the statistical edges that cert- uh, one player will have over another. If if all it comes down to is titles, then I think we should start a movement that Bill Russell is the best basketball player of all time because he's 111. Yeah. And, and I think that from now on, that's what I'm going to start doing to anybody who tells me that Jordan is – greater than LeBron simply because he has more titles and because he hasn't lost in the finals. I'll, I guess I could just point to Bill Russell's 11-1 and record in the NBA finals and completely disregard the fact that the league was 70% white and the average height was six foot five, and athletically yeah. he was far more superior than anyone else playing at that time besides Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, it's just like, it's an easy, um, you know, False, Bill Russell. Like, <laughs> like it's it's very easy to 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 swipe that away when you just knock it down to that one point. So, right. But, but yeah. So it's um it'll be interesting. I mean, I wonder how long it'll take. You know, after LeBron's done, or when we get a new player. You know, that's there's gonna be somebody else that that people are gonna say you know he's better than such and such. But 
Well, that, that's the that's the cool reality about about professional sports, and I guess it applies to every professional sport. Is that human evolution is allowing for bigger and faster and stronger and more athletically gifted athletes to be playing these games. I mean, it's hard to argue that the players today are, I shouldn't even say hard. It's impossible to argue that the players today are not more athletically gifted than they were in the 1950s. So in all reality, there will probably be a player within the next 20 to 25 years who will be greater than Michael Jordan or LeBron James. And, and I will then in turn be the old guy who stubbornly says that he's not better than LeBron James. I guess the that's circle the circle of life. Of life. Yes. The, <laughs> the lion, the lion King knew what they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, That'll be that'll be something. It'll be it'll be so funny too for you know the tables to turn on all on LeBron fans. You know, like when it's just like the same situation all over again. But you know, it's on the other foot. But um, yeah, yeah. Now the other yeah, a couple of weeks ago when you were here, I I kind of dropped. I guess it would be a hot take on you when we were when we were at the Keys Bar. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't remember your reaction exactly. I I made the statement that I thought Tom Brady was the greatest athlete ever. And and th- this is a shout out to Tyler. If Tyler is listening, which I'm hoping he is. Tyler is our, our third wheel. He's our old roommate. He lived with us our junior year. Um, a completely... He was- a completely biased and borderline delusional fan of the the teams that he loves, the Patriots and the Yankees, which doesn't make any bit of sense being a Patriots and a Yankees fan. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm really I'm gonna stand on that corner and I'm gonna be firm about it. I think Brady is the greatest athlete we've ever seen. Yeah, I guess I guess it just depends. Like for me, I, and. I just think about like where do the where do the athletes that are you know multi sport like you know Deion Sanders or Bo Jackson or you know Tim Tebow you know where do they lie in the okay, greatest he, of all time like th- that's actually a really good question and I feel like a lot of times th- this is something that bugs me because a lot of times greatest career it is mistaken for most athletic person or best in their respective sport. So I'll I'll slightly change my approach. I think okay. that that Tom Brady has had the greatest career of any athlete ever. I think that LeBron James is the best athlete ever. Okay, because so. he, he because LeBron had Division One college football scholarships waiting for him his sophomore year in high school. Oh. Okay. Yeah, from I mean, from any 
based on what you hear from any college scout um, who scouted LeBron to play football, they, they basically agreed that he would be the next Randy Moss. Wow. That's crazy to imagine. I know that he was he was doing all those like he was like running drills with the Browns or somebody like that one day. Yeah, he did. He did the. He had a commercial. He had a commercial where he he said that he was going to join the Cleveland Browns, which is funny because he he's a very public Dallas Cowboys fan. (laughs) and a Yankees fan too, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, he he famously wore a Yankees hat at uh, it used to be Jacobs Field. I have no idea if that's still the Indians, uh, stadium. Yeah, but the, yeah, I guess that that would that would be my take. Brady has had the greatest career of of any athlete, and LeBron is the the most, I guess, the most athletic person ever. So where do then how far behind is Michael Phelps? See, I guess in terms has, of in terms of dominance over his peers, you you would have to put him right up there, and and the same could probably be said for Usain Bolt. Yeah, because really, if we're factoring in the the times of individuals who have been found to have used PEDs, I I believe that Usain Bolt, eliminating all those individuals who were tested after the fact and had a positive test, I think Usain Mm -hmm. Bolt has like the top eight 100-meter times in the history of track and field. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say for Michael Phelps is that, I mean, he had, I mean, how many people are in the pool at a time? Like 10 or 12 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he he did so, I mean, he did everything, you know what I'm saying? And he has, you know, more medals than anybody on the planet. And I, I think that, you know, if we're talking about competition, my any either Usain Bolt or Michael Phelps would have to be, in my eyes, uh, above Tom Brady only because the competition was wider. You know, there was there's no. I mean, that was a, a competition of the planet, not of the United States. Which you know, I guess the United States technically is the height of of football, but I don't know. It's just the the global feel of it and the dominance that both of those had in their fields. Uh, I don't know, kind of might might sway me otherwise. My counter-argument to that would be this. I, I I think Phelps is great. You know, all the gold medals for America, this and that. He, you know, made the Olympics 10 times more enjoyable for the last 12 years, or I guess the last four Olympics. But... He definitely padded his medal count by by racing in a lot of different races, and and that's impressive, no doubt. But like, you have like what four different swim strokes that you could race in. Like, I just want to know who the fastest swimmer is. Like, I don't care 
how you get from point A to point B. It would almost be like if Usain Bolt, like, won a skipping competition in the Olympics. <laughs> like, yeah. if he was the fastest skipper. Like, I don't know that I'd be all that impressed by that. I would just be impressed that he won the the medal for running as fast as you can for 100 meters. So, like, the the 100-meter sprints that, that, like, that Phelps has won. He's dominated them all, sure, but, like... I don't know. I guess I would. I guess I'm pro getting rid of swimming events at the Olympics. <laughs> I guess that's my stance here. That I think there are too many swimming events. <laughs> We're just tossing. I mean, swimming has got to be. That's one of the more popular sports for sure. And I mean, it's definitely because of Michael Phelps. But I mean, that's got to be. Man, what is the what is the goat? Olympic event. That is so hard. Gymnastics? I mean, every year people go crazy about the U.S. gymnastics team. Yeah. I would I would say, I would probably say gymnastics. Well, let's think of people that they put on cereal boxes, like, you know, swimmers, gymnasts, sometimes people from track. And that's all I can think about. And Phelps. So I guess what happened to you. And Phelps. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Phelps. So, and, and of himself. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's another hot take. Um, but yeah, that might, they, they too, too, too many swimming events might be a hotter take than Brady is the, the go athlete. I think so. We need to, once we get on this, like, uh, you know, editing and we get some sounds in here we need a hot take sound it needs to be a siren um and yeah we'll just we'll put that one in there later but hot take or or maybe we could do this instead of hot uh, like a fire alarm or something we just find like the stupidest thing that skip bayless has ever said (laughs) and insert that little quote into where one of us has a hot take Or just just uh, Skip Bayless either stuttering or just you know breathing heavily, just waiting to to spew the the baloney he doesn't even believe in. Oh, I Another hate hot that guy take. so a much. Hot, a hot take on hot takes. Um, I, don't, I guess it's not that hot. People don't really like Skip Bayless, but um, I you know after he left ESPN, I was kind of happy for him. He seemed to kind of chill out a little bit. No, I want nothing but the worst for Skip Bayless. <laughs> so, okay. I, mean, the, the guy... I, I don't want to spend a, a good portion of time talking about Skip Bayless on my podcast. So, here's the, the <laughs> easiest way to decide what the GO Olympic event would be. In 2028, the Olympics are going to be in L.A. If somebody said to you, you could have tickets to all the events for any one sport, what would you pick? Well, I would either choose women's beach volleyball or probably basketball. 
Yeah, I guess, I guess that would be unfair for me to answer that question because it would be basketball, but I, I yeah. don't think that's the best Olympic sport. Yeah. Volleyball is up there. I don't know that it has, like, a, a reputation like gymnastics or swimming or even track and field do, but that's that's sneakily the most fun sport to watch on TV during the Olympics. Absolutely, and what's what's really you know great about it is it's not in a creepy way. Like it's just like I get so amped watching them just spike it on other countries. Um, it's not like I'm going there for the volleyball shorts. I just you know I forget their names. But there's those two girls uh, that just dominated forever, and uh, yeah, Misty. Was, it, was, it was Misty May and Misty May Trainer and Carrie Walsh. That's it. Yeah, they they killed it. I know my and Olympic volleyball. <laughs> well, you haven't had a lot of choices for a very long time. Sure. Um, but yeah, I uh, I think I would th- if it, if I had to rule out basketball because, I mean, that, basketball shouldn't even. I don't know. Not that you should and take it out of the Olympics, but... That's not a traditional Olympic event. Because there, there's like yeah. an actual pro season that is well covered. You know another good one that I'm, I'll, I'll go on record and predict that by 2028 it's going to be one of the marquee Olympic events? Oh, boy. Handball. Handball. <laughs> I haven't watched handball... I- I'm telling you, in the next in the next eleven years, there's going to be a handball surge in the United States and across the world. Handball is like it's like oh okay I see it now. It's like the it's like a volleyball of sorts. It's like a soccer ball. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So there's like a net and a soccer ball, and you just got to throw it. It's like soccer with your hands, right? It's like a combination of soccer. And there's some basketball in it because you, you have to dribble. And then you get, like, three steps. We played this in gym class. I don't know if you did, but we, we had a, no. a whole handball unit. And <laughs> and it was fun. I mean, nobody knew any idea of how to play and the rules and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I, I will, I'd be surprised if handball wasn't one of the marquee events. And in the 2028 Olympics. And I really think what they should do is just take all the the NBA players that can't make the USA basketball team (laughs) and just train them to be handball players. And there's no way if we give them four years of practice, they won't win the gold medal. Yeah. I mean, you could just pick from the D League and uh, probably get some, some sluggers out there. Yeah, but I want to see. Have you ever seen um, Ultimate Frisbee? Have you played Ultimate Frisbee before? We we had that as a gym class unit, absolutely. Yeah, we used to play it at summer camp when I worked at summer camp down here. And um, I mean, with children, it's a little difficult because uh, I know a lot of adults that don't know how to throw a frisbee, uh, much less children. But um, it was always a blast. And I saw a video recently of them of like professional ultimate frisbee which sounds like the best job in the world if you get paid i guess absolutely well enough but um but yeah it was it was rad i mean it was just action packed quick you know from coast to coast it was a blast but 
I'd like to see that in the Olympics. I think that would be fun and super unorthodox. So we put all sorts of weird stuff in the Olympics. Yeah, I, I always end up on on archery early in the Olympics. I get sucked in there. Um, as a multiple time intramural ping pong champion, I, I absolutely dive into the ping pong. I'm still convinced that if I, I had like a hundred simulations of my life and at least one of them, I'd be a gold medal ping pong player. That's, I think you might be the only person on the planet that would say that, but it's horrible. <laughs> I actually think that our our mutual friend Colin Stucco has actually said that before. I may have stolen that line from him. <laughs> Shared dreams. You just you just want to be <laughs> actually can be actually this is yeah no 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 this is no lie. When it was looking like the Olympics were were heading to LA in 2024 and not 2028, Colin actually messaged me and he said you should come live with me in Los Angeles and we could spend the next seven years practicing and try to get in the Olympics for the, the tandem ping pong. That sounds, and, that sounds like what you do when you move to LA for sure. And, and if I didn't have a girlfriend who was entering graduate school, I really think I would have ended up in Los Angeles like two months ago. Just And I, and I would have just played ping pong every day. A ping pong apprentice. Yeah, yeah. Six hours a day training. I, yeah, I would I, be the you know, I would be the greatest American ping pong player since Forrest Gump. That's this is true. The legend. No one right. played ping pong like him. So so back to Goat Week. One of the categories was okay. greatest drama film. Would would Forrest Gump be one of your your toughest cuts or a possible pick? Um, you know, you know Richard, I I don't know your favorite movie. My favorite movie, much like you know, favorite. I don't know. For me, movies they come and go. Like if you had asked me a while ago what my favorite movie, maybe like five, ten years ago, I probably would have told you Forrest Gump, um, because it's just you know, it's moving. It's you know, it's got. A variety of characters. It's kind of harsh. Um, I don't know. I probably would have told you Forrest Gump, but um, are you there? Honest. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you just cut out for a minute. We're good. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah. I I think if there's a movie that I can watch, and it's gonna sound really creepy, um, but but Seven is probably one of my favorite movies of all time, if if not number one. I do love Seven. Um, you know what's really interesting? I I picked The Godfather for my for my goat movie, and the only movie that I had to think really hard about if I wanted to pick it over The Godfather was another David Fincher film, The Social Network. Oh yeah. Yeah, I for for me that that one wasn't I don't know, I didn't resonate with that one so much. I I, I got it and it was interesting and the, this will not be the last Zuckerberg movie I imagine. Um but I do love me some David Fincher. Um that's for sure, but 
I don't know. I I wasn't feeling that one. I guess I like the you know it definitely has an edginess to it, much like uh, like a, a dryness to it, like like Seven does. But I mean, my top five movies are all over the place. I'll Spirited Away is like a you know a Ghibli movie, uh, an uh, anime. It's like Japan's Disney. Um, that one's up there. I like Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, which is another, I guess I like a lot of kids in there. It's weird. Um, but yeah, I'm all, I'm all over the place with that kind of stuff. I'm, I guess a lot of people are, but, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I haven't, uh, looking, I haven't seen either of those two movies that you just named. They're great. It, it's like, I guess in, in the context of drama, they wouldn't be there for sure. But, um, but yeah, they're just, I don't know. I like beautiful movies and, um, that are visually, it's more visual for those two. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox is really funny, but it's Wes Anderson. So if you if you don't like, you know, uh, Life Aquatic or Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, you probably won't like Fantastic Mr. Fox. But uh, looking at this this list, I mean, these are these are, I mean, they're all pretty close for me too. I guess. I mean, Fargo is up there. I don't I don't get Fargo uh, like a lot of people do for whatever reason. That one didn't resonate with me as much um i guess to me it just felt like an ongoing uh joke about people's terrible accents um <laughs> but the sixth sense was good the godfather i think i watched the godfather for the first time with you and you um, fell asleep which, yeah I, <laughs> you, you you fell asleep I, during the godfather i we i haven't been mad at you often in in our friendship that was probably top three. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's uh, I don't know. Like I, I didn't, I didn't grow up with it. I didn't like. I didn't really like dramas for a really long time. So I mean, I, I slept on this movie for, you know, my entire life up until I was like twenty-one or something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. I, it's good. <laughs> I, I don't know I, and, it's, and it's not even that I have some like obscure like weird like uh, taste or something like that like I'm not trying to be pretentious and like oh I don't like The Godfather I actually like art films better um, that's not what this is it's just I don't know I guess I didn't didn't resonate with me we'll, we'll just leave it at that but yeah these other ones are good American History X is crazy but I guess I yeah kind of like seven I like the darker stuff sometimes. Um, not into. I know you're a big fan of Saw, which I guess if you had to choose the greatest horror franchise, I imagine that would be yours. Probably uh, horror franchise. <sighs> yeah. Probably. I mean, I I'll stand by the first Saw as a legitimately well put together and well thought out scary movie. Um, the other ones were far more gory and relied way more on viewers trying to figure out what the twist at the end was going to be, where in the original Saw, you had no idea that there was going to be this ridiculous twist ending. Um, man, horror franchise. Yes. It's weird. I'm not really into horror movies. I... I enjoy Saw, but I don't even really consider it to be scary. I consider it yeah. more along the lines of, like, psychological thriller. 
But, yeah, they just they kind of I, I haven't seen all of them, but from what I have seen, it it feels like it it kind of spun out of control as far as like just shock value gore. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, if if we're talking about horror franchises, like obviously you have like Freddy. Uh, Jason, Halloween, Halloween uh, for sure in in that category. Man, and another kind of like Saw for you. I love Scream. Like that's it's such a classic movie, and it's it's certainly like a, a parody in a way. But the first couple Screams were so good and had you so on edge. And I think a movie that doesn't have to show you, you know, blood and guts, but can you know, severely creep you out, um, like like Scream did, and like a lot of other movies have. Um, that's just I think that means a little more. See, I'll stand by the first Scream, but I <clears throat> after the first one, I'm out. Yeah, this doesn't guess, do anything yeah, for me. See, here's why. Here's why I have a, a really hard time. Enjoying scary movies. <clears throat> I could beat up the killer and scream. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a hard time being afraid of that. I I can't beat up Michael Myers. So, to me, that's believable. Um, <laughs> and Halloween got weird in the middle. Um. All of the movies, for the most part, were entertaining. Um, and the remakes, the Rob Zombie remakes, were actually really enjoyable, particularly the first one, which is actually my favorite Halloween movie. But yeah. for the most part, scary movie franchises don't do much for me. I I went to the theaters to see the first Paranormal Activity, and I thought that that was interesting because it was so different. But in general... Um, like possession kind of movies don't scare me much just because I don't really believe in that. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was a dark period for like sci-fi, you know, spooky movies like that. Like it, it seemed like there, I mean, I don't even know there had to be like six paranormal activities or more. Um, and then you had other movies that were the same thing, where it was like you know security camera footage, and then Cloverfield style footage, and yeah. it just became so overdone. But um, and it's funny, I uh, um, there's a movie that came out. It was it's called uh, the Belko Experiment. Yeah, and um, I my girlfriend Haley loves horror movies. Like she's a big fan of. Freddy and Jason, all like, like the classic franchises like we're talking about. And I told her, I was like, I, I told her I was going to take her to a movie. I didn't want to let her know anything about it. I didn't want to tell her what it was, nothing. Um, I ended up telling her what the genre was. And I, I think I said thriller. And um, this movie was the goriest movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, a, a guy gets bludgeoned with a stapler. Um, you nice. Know, a, a throat Split with a, a paper cutter. Uh, basically, what happens? There's all these people that move to Columbia for this job. All of a sudden, the building goes into lockdown. Over the intercom speakers, it's like six people need to die, or we're gonna blow twenty of you up. Uh, they all had like devices in their head, and if they, you know, 
went the wrong way. They're blowing their heads off. But um, we saw it, and I walked out, and when we walked out, and I looked over at Haley, and I was just like, all right, so what did you think of it? And she was just absolutely shook. Um, <laughs> she was, <laughs> horror, horror, there's, there's two different kinds of horror I learned, that there's the spooky, creepy, scary horror, and then there's the just, you know, blood and guts kind of twist your stomach horror. Um, and I learned the line that day. <laughs> I felt so, so bad. So, so she's not big on Saw then? No, not big on Saw. Um, she, I think she just, she's a real big fan of the classics, like, okay. like we were talking about. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was funny. I felt so terrible because, I mean, it was like a two-hour movie. And it was just people who are, you know, you have to determine whether you have to shoot your coworker or jump off a building. It was, yeah, it was terrifying. Um, but let's let's transition here. Um, we'll go from horror, and this is a topic that I feel passionately about. I know you, you know that I feel passionately about this, um, which is the greatest comedy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think all of the ones listed here are pretty much in the era that we were talking about. Um, previous to this article, uh, Sunday and I were talking about um, what what's the funniest comedy that's come out in the 2000s or since the year 2000, and all of these kind of fell in there. But um, what's your take on these uh, on these greatest comedy films? Well, yeah, <clears throat> for for my Sunny says mailbag column uh, a couple weeks ago, I answered Weston's question about what the top five comedies of the 21st century were. And there are a few that, that I knew for sure were going to be on it. Um, Wedding Crashers, which was my pick narrowly over The Hangover. And I was actually thinking about it today at work, and I'm kind of convinced I didn't make the right pick. Really? I already, yeah, I'm already going to backtrack. I, I'm already going to take The Hangover o- over... Uh, Wedding Crashers. I'll switch that. Um, so those two and Superbad. Those those three were my easy three. Um, American Pie wasn't considered because it was 99. Um, and although I do like the sequels, I, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I guess they don't make the cut no. for for best of the 21st century. I'm fine with it being the pick. I know a lot of people who would probably pick American Pie, but it wouldn't be my pick. Um, Knocked Up is a movie that I'm surprised to see on here because I don't know anybody personally who likes Knocked Up as much as me. So I was happy to to see Tyler pick that one. And 40-Year-Old Virgin is another good one. That that was really a big deal when it came out in 2005. Yeah, I mean, that was Steve Carell's true breakout. He was still on The Office at the time. and I, mean, I think that The was Office really... had just started. I don't know that oh, did it? The Office had been going on for a long time. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh yeah, actually it did. First episode, two thousand five. Um, so the, those and, basically coincided then. Wow, yeah, big year. Holy cow, <laughs> that's like the literal, you know, launching point of a huge yeah. career. 
Yeah. And I mean, these, and that's what was tough. Like my top five, I, I, I don't know why I always forget what, what they are in order, but Wedding Crashers is certainly up there. Um, for me, this is the end. Um, that was kind of like my fifth pick. Like, uh, I, I really liked that movie and it was, I thought it was really clever and kind of funny that everybody, I don't know, they were all themselves and it was definitely ridiculous, but, um, yeah, I, I like the concept of that movie more than what it actually came out to be. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's over the top. So, I mean, it's, it's James Franco and, and those guys. So it's, I think it's certainly in line with, with, um, with what they do, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's not for everyone. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of pineapple express. Um, but you know, I think really my top, it's like wedding crashers, super bad. Um, man, I can't remember the others, but hangover, right? We had, we had hangover the same. We had, or did we I, yeah, it was, yeah, we did. It was, we only had one different. It was Wedding Crashers, Hangover, oh, Superbad, Step Brothers, which yeah, Step, so, Step Brothers is probably number one for me. So our only difference is you had uh, This Is The End and I had Knocked Up. Yes, yeah. And I don't know, I, like, that's, that was so tough. Like, I feel like for both of us, the, the first four were super easy. The fifth was just, yeah. that's kind of like, where your, you know, your taste kind of changes a little bit, but and that was really interesting to see. But um, I th- I'm really surprised not to see Super Bad on here. Um, I'm really surprised not to see Step Brothers on here. Um, I think that, like we just said, all these movies are are definitely like probably top ten for for that time. But Super Bad Super Bad is a 100% classic, um, and you know I think your pick is great. I love Wedding Crashers. I, I mean, that's a movie you can put on literally <clears throat> any day, and it's, it's watching it all over again. I actually don't know if there's a single scene funnier than the scene when Fogel brings back the fake ID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In any comedy movie, that that gets me every single time. Yeah. The, the, the whole the whole thing the, the whole three minutes of it is just absolutely incredible, and I don't I I don't think I could handpick a scene in the Wedding Crashers or the Hangover that's funnier than that one. Yeah, I was I was actually just watching a, a video circulated recently of um, the table of read? live. Yeah, the table. Read. Yeah, yeah, but oh, I man. saw that. That was really good. That was great, and uh, just like, so, so I mean, they were. I mean, obviously they're actors, so that's what they get paid to do. But it just sounded just like the movie. It's so fun to see that kind of stuff, um, and like you know, at the origin of it. Um, like have the- Have you seen the table read for the the final episode of The Office? No, it's on YouTube, and it's amazing. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna tab that for later. Yeah, um, I would really suggest watching that, and that's for anybody who's a fan of The Office, and you've seen it all the way through. You could find the the live read of the finale script on YouTube, and, and it's definitely an yeah. an hour that is worth your time. And and if and before you even do that, if you are not a fan 
of The Office, you're absolutely 100% playing yourself. Yeah, um, get Netflix immediately. Yeah, just go ahead and get that. Do that. Um, because, yeah, that's... I don't know. Goat comedy TV Did you guys do that one? I didn't even see that one. So we did... Goat we comedy. did. I don't know if it was GOAT TV series or GOAT drama TV series. Okay. I don't remember the wording of it, but we did something along those lines. Because I, I wrote a bit about Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, I do see that. I, oh, yeah, okay, the greatest TV series. So The Office would have been eligible for that if someone were to want to make that choice. Yeah, and these are all great. The Wire... Breaking Bad, Malcolm in the Middle, which I think is a sleeper for some people. Um, but, yeah, I, I certainly, I mean, it's worth being up there. And that just goes to show you, man, absolutely killing it. Why am I blanking on his name right now? But Breaking Bad and Malcolm in the oh, Middle. Brian Cranston. Jeebus, how did I not think of that? Yeah, Brian Cranston twice on the list here. That's impressive. That's saying something. Even if, you know, obviously the stuff is subjective, but to even be mentioned twice uh, in the same, you know, GOAT category, I think is pretty pretty impressive. Yeah. Now, before we go, we're, we're about at – we're over an hour, actually, but that's fine. Um, we, we both recently just got done watching Ozark. And oh, yeah. And I've had a couple other people I know finish watching it, and it's well-received all around. What are, if I said there's a 10% chance that Ozark ends up better than Breaking Bad, would you say I'm too high or too low on that? Um... I would say I would say that's pretty low. Uh, I don't I don't think it's like fifty percent. I don't think it's a given. I wouldn't give the majority to it. But I mean, we talked about this. The first season of Breaking Bad is pretty slow. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, of character, you know, building and that kind of thing. But um, I I think that Ozark built the characters pretty well, and and I. I would guess about the same time um, or pretty close to the same amount of time. And um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've never watched a, uh, a, a season that had more twists ever. Um, I, I literally had no idea so many times and I like to think that I'm good at that kind of thing. I'm probably not, but, but yeah, like so many things I didn't see coming. It was, I could not recommend it any higher. And to bring us full circle, here's what I I was thinking about the other day. I wonder if there's going to be a portion of TV fans who love Breaking Bad who will simply end up arguing that Breaking Bad is greater because it came first. <laughs> so are kinda, we getting into a... <laughs> kind of along the same lines as Jordan and everyone after Jordan. <laughs> I wonder if that will what be what ends up happening, whether it be Ozark or some other show 10 years down the road. It, it seems crazy to me to think that forever Breaking Bad, which is was my pick, will be the greatest TV show ever. 
So I wonder if I'm going to fall into that group. If there's going to be a show that comes along and ultimately I'll be the old guy on the front porch saying, get off my porch, Breaking Bad did it first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I, don't know. I mean, I think just like the, the MJ-LeBron conversation, like when he first started, we'll just have to see. Um, I mean, if it, and that's the thing that's really tough. Like while Ozark's, in, in our opinion, knocked it out of the park this first season, they really set the bar pretty high. Yeah. So that's something that Breaking Bad didn't really have to deal with because they slowly built, slowly built, fully built until, you know, the last season was out of control. But that, that was Ozarks for 75% of the season was just like, holy crap, you know, what's happening next? So and, I don't and know. Before we close that out, we should give credit to Breaking Bad. The acting is better in Breaking Bad. I would say cinematography-wise, Breaking Bad probably looks better. It's more, it's better written. But just in terms of entertainment value, Ozark really brought it to the table in season one. Yeah, and I mean, to talk about acting, Jason Bateman... He he was actually really phenomenal. Um, he's great, but I don't know. For me, um, and Haley and I talk about this all the time, but like, there are just some characters that play themselves. George Clooney plays George Clooney in every yeah. movie. Um, Jason Bateman plays Jason Bateman in every movie. Um, and and I don't hate it. We love Jason Bateman. The show is great, but it's just uh, it was Jason Bateman the, the money launderer to me. No, it was really like it was really a smarter version of Jason Bateman's character in Horrible Bosses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah, I, I I really I I wish that I could like I wish I knew Jason Bateman. He's probably because I I have to imagine he's the exact same way in, in real life, and he'd probably be a dickhead about half the time, but. I feel like watching him be like a sarcastic dickhead to other people and, and do that thing with like the, the wink at them when he's talking and like making them look like a fool. Watching him do that to somebody else is among my favorite things to do on like TV or movies. Well, Weston's phone cut off. Um, and he's telling me to wrap it up. So we'll wait for him to call back. Hopefully we can edit this. That would be fantastic. I've never, I've done a lot of podcasts. Um, hopefully we can edit this and edit it out. I have no idea if that's something that I'm going to be able to do. If not, you're going to have to deal with me with me talking and rambling for a couple minutes while we're waiting for Weston to call back. But yeah, I, I think that, that Ozark... It definitely, like Weston said, set a really high bar for itself in season one. Um, and I'm unfortunately, I'm skeptical if they can continue a progression where the show gets 
more interesting and the characters become more developed. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they, they definitely put themselves in a position where they have gained a, a pretty solid audience so far. I mean, the show has only been on Netflix for, I guess, less than a month now, and it's already been renewed. Um, reviews are really, really good. I, I want to say it had close to a 9.0 on IMDb recently. Um, so, you know, it, it's probably a little premature to, to say that it's on Breaking Bad level. It would be like after LeBron's second year when he's a 19-year-old, and he's averaging 27 a game, but he doesn't even get to the playoffs. It'd be like saying at that point LeBron was was equal to Jordan. But, uh, you know, it's definitely something to keep an eye on, and I'm going to do my best not to be the the grumpy old guy who says that no show could ever be breaking bad. And Weston's back. I'm back. Technical difficulties, but to be expected with your first podcast. Um. I, I think I, yeah, so, I think I actually carried it pretty well on my own. I gave a a nice little. I, I furthered the the Jordan and LeBron comparisons to Breaking Bad and and Ozark. I, I said that saying right now that Ozark would be would be equivalent to Breaking Bad would be like when LeBron averaged twenty seven a game when he was nineteen, but the Cavs didn't even get to the playoffs. Saying at that point that he was MJ. Yeah. Premature at yeah, that no, point, I, but it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and, and I I trust your abilities. I knew you had were in, I was in faithful hands. We were in faithful hands. Um, and I also wanted to give um, a shout out to Jason Bateman because I know you're probably going to listen to this. No, I'm not downing you on your acting chops, my guy. I love the show, but a little diversity wouldn't kill you. Switch it up, add a little flavor. Method acting did hurt some people, but. Give it a shot. See, see, I don't want anything but Jason Bateman. I I just want to, just a little bit. Imagine what Jason Bateman could do, you know, just add a flavor. He could, if Jason Bateman was like the Riddler in Batman, I think he could do it. And it would be wild and no one would expect it. Jason Bateman, I believe in you. Well, I don't even think he needs, I think he could just be Jason Bateman in a Batman movie. Jason Bateman, the superhero. Where he's just he's just he's just Jason Bateman being Jason Bateman one hundred percent, just being like witty and, you know, cool and, and like, you know, snarky. Um, but it saves the world. Jason Bateman. We're writing scripts for Jason Bateman on the show. You gotta stay tuned to this podcast. You don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, and, and really on that note, I don't think we could top Jason Bateman. Um, yeah. the, the next big superhero. Um, so, Weston, it's been a blast. We have another podcast to record tonight. We have to talk about the much-anticipated Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor fight. Um, you're, if, you're, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to it on a Monday. It's probably going to be posted on Monday. Um, our McGregor-Mayweather preview will be a little later in the week so if you have enjoyed hearing us ramble on through topics um, that are moderately related uh, definitely come back yeah come back and you know 
hit us up on Facebook or, you know, send us a message, comment on our links, let us know what you want us to talk about. Um, give us some feedback. Do you like the show? Do you not? If you don't, we still want to hear what you have to say. Feedback is welcome here. So just let us know. And next time around, Weston's absolutely going to remember the name of our podcast. I promise you. 100%. The Hustle, the hustle Podcast. I got it. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. We will be back soon uh, talking about more fun stuff. Later.